When Winston Peters swept a victory in the Northland by-election in March, he claimed an electorate that's been nationals since 1972. This Radio New Zealand Insight examines the reasons for that win and asks what the region stands to gain by turning maverick. By-election night at Russell's Old Waterfront Pub, the Duke of Marlborough, and Party Central fought New Zealand first. The champagne was on ice by 5.30, black and white balloons bobbed from the veranda posts, and the Nairobi trio amped up the mood of an excited crowd of New Zealand first and Labour supporters. By nine, it was all over, and all on. Nationals' 8,000-vote majority gone in a landslide, and Winston Peters the winner by 4,000 votes. In the Northern by-election, New Zealand first took the road less travelled, or sometimes never travelled at all. We went, to tens, we went to tens of thousands of forgotten people, and they have responded, and that has made all the difference. What this means is that New Zealand First has put the voters of Northern First in a real campaign devoid of stage-managed, spin-laden platitudes. This by-election was about what really matters to the voters of Northern. I'm Lois Williams, and seven weeks on from that victory speech, I've been talking to Northland voters from Kaitaia to Wellsford. This insight explores why Winston Peters won, what voters are hoping he'll do for them, and whether those hopes are realistic. Len Lulich has been a national supporter all his life. The 82-year-old Kaipara dairy farmer is a former branch chairman of the party. On the wall of his office, the photos show him with an amiable-looking Rob Muldoon, and his anecdotes go back even further. We're all lined up at the hall. There's a piper. We're all lined up for, the, at the, for Hollyoaks' address to the meeting uh, at Kaikaui. And uh, the piper starts up, you know, and... Hollyoke walks away, comes over, and he walks up to me. And he says, would you do me a favour, young fellow? And I said, yes, yes, what is it? Any time I mention the candidate's name, you start the applause. And I said, certainly. But in March, true blue Len Lulich voted for Winston Peters. There were several reasons, he says, and the first was Mike Sabin, whose resignation forced the by-election. When the former Northland MP quit suddenly at the end of January for what he called personal reasons best dealt with outside Parliament, Len Lulich says he and others were at first mystified, and then they were seriously annoyed. There were all these rumours on uh, Sabin and people saying, well, why? Why did he quit? Come on, I voted for him last time. I, des I deserve to know. Why did he quit? Oh, I can't tell you that. No, no, I can't tell you that. Oh, no, there's... In the meantime, Dame Rumour was everywhere, and uh, we all knew why he, why he quit, even though there's nothing allowed to be said about it. You know, if you can use a good cowcocky term, the dogs were barking it. <laughs> but, you know, come on, uh, are we stupid? Are we, uh, you know, sheep? We'll just go along, you know. You can put up a pig and, you know, the people will still vote national. Well, not so. They will for a certain time. And then... They get, now look, if you start taking me for granted, I don't like that. For Mr Lulich and many voters, that annoyance was only fuelled by a national's campaign offer of 10 new bridges for Northland. 
It might as well have been an offer of beads and blankets to a tribe on the warpath. And Winston Peters promptly owned it, as proof he could galvanise the government into noticing the needs of the North and lifting its game in the region. The Matakaui bridges have been on the radar for maybe, look, I'd be guessing, maybe 20 years and, and, um, and calls for that to be changed and, and it's, it's never happened. So, yeah, I know there's been a few head-ons on the bridges themselves and, and people have been injured, yeah. At Andrew Wade's concrete factory in Dargaville, business is steady. But like others in the north, he's worried about the future of his small town, the stripping away of services and the drift of young people to the city. He wonders who will buy his business when he retires, and he says Winston Peters has tapped into a growing feeling that the government doesn't care about towns like Dargaville. Maybe as simple as that, it's just a feeling of neglect over a period of time, and, and a by-election doesn't alter the government, but maybe gives it a, a wake-up call and um, makes it think again about what it's doing for the regions. And, and, the, and the coming up here in the form of promising us bridges was, um, I think, turned a few people off too, that they thought they could just come into... Uh, Northland area with a few promises and disappear again with, with the um, seat tucked under the party again. I suppose I related to throwing out lollies and the lollies are uh, the bridges and they come and they disappear. We do need some new bridges in a few places. Oh look we do absolutely but it shouldn't happen because there's a by-election on. It should be happening as a matter of course, not, not a by-election bringing this out in the open. That feeling of neglect is not new in the north though it's gained little traction till now. Indignation over the state of the region's roading network has been simmering away since last July, when days of torrential rain caused slips and slumps that closed the highways for nearly a week. In Kirikiri, Rod Brown, who heads the lobby group Vision Kirikiri, says the fragility of Northland's connection to the rest of New Zealand was starkly revealed. He says that was a shock and a wake-up call. We were cut off. The main road south um, collapsed and the alternative routes were completely unable to handle traffic. We actually felt very isolated. And if, if that was a, a single and, and rare event in the past, these 50-year storms or whatever they are, they're likely to be more frequent in the future, uh, despite denial by others. Climate change is changing, so these storms are likely to become more frequent and, and perhaps uh, quite devastating in their effects. And we felt very isolated. And... Uh, the, most of the roading and money has been, uh, that, that's being allocated at the moment, which the Regional Transport Committee has been considering in recent months, is nearly all being allocated to providing better roading between Whangarei and Auckland. Only one major uh, uh, roadwork north of Whangarei, the Akarama Curves, is actually programmed. It has actually started, and we're very pleased about that. But we, we need a, a much more resilient roading network um, um, uh, as a minimum. Work began during the by-election campaign on repairing a massive slump on State Highway 1 that's been awaiting repair since last winter. And the government reminded voters that it spends more than $200 million a year on Northland roads. But the voters had stopped listening. At meetings around the north, they scoffed at government claims of strong economic performance in Northland. The Economic Development Minister and by-election campaign manager Stephen Joyce released figures indicating the Northland economy grew 7.8% in 2014 and that 7,500 new jobs had been created. At meetings, the sceptics loudly demanded to know where they were. 
and Nationals candidate Mark Osborne didn't have the answers. Mr Osborne works for the Far North District Council, where his boss is the Mayor, John Carter. Mr Carter was for 24 years the National MP for the Far North, while Mr Osborne is a political novice. And Len Lulich, never one to mince words, says that's another reason he and many other traditional national supporters voted for Winston Peters. John Carter had a lot to do with the guy, uh, what's his name, Osborne, that got the nod for the National Party. Well, I didn't know, I don't know John Osborne. Uh, Mark Osborne. Mark Osborne. But when he came to speak in Dargaville, tell you what, people were saying beforehand, who was that guy from uh, that uh, TV thing, Bonanza? Hoss, Hoss Cartwright. He's Hoss Cartwright. I didn't know what they meant until I, until he walked in. He was always casually dressed. I noticed Winston always had a suit. I didn't think he was, he, he did a good job. They had a, quite candidly, I think they had an unsuitable, picked an unsuitable person as a National Party candidate. John Carter says he had no voting rights and exerted no influence on the local candidate selection panel. These days, he says, he's apolitical. But the feeling that National picked the wrong man is one that many party members quietly agree with. No one's going to be quoted. But especially in the south of the sprawling electorate, they're saying that if Grant McCallum, a Mangaturoto dairy farmer, had been selected, National would have not won, but not have lost so badly. Winston Peters won all but nine of the 80 voting places across the electorate, including the big national strongholds of Kirikiri, Dargaville and Wellsford. The turnout at 65% was high for a by-election. 517 new electors signed up to vote. Record numbers voted early and two-thirds of them voted for Mr Peters. But the pivotal factor in the landslide was the decision by Labour voters, with their party's blessing, to support New Zealand First. Labour's candidate, Willow Jean Prime, a Ngātihine lawyer and Far North councillor, had begun to make inroads on national support in the North. She peeled 2,000 votes off Mike Sabin's majority in 2011. This time, her vote slumped from nearly 9,000 to 1,300. But she has no regrets about stepping aside in the by-election for what she saw as a greater political good. Because this was the ability for us to take one seat off national and therefore their majority um, that they currently uh, have in Parliament, this became not only about Northland but about the rest of the country. And I understood the bigger picture. Um, I hope that the rest of the country um, acknowledges Northland's contribution um, to that You know, over the next two and a half years in terms of decisions that will and won't be made um, in Parliament and that Northland um, gets good representation out of its local MP and for all parties to deliver on the promises that were made during the by-election. In Wellsford, at the southern reaches of the Northland electorate, voters also heeded Winston Peters' campaign slogan to send the government a message. Several messages, in fact. Robert Lowry is project managing the renovations at the Wellsford RSA. He says the community has been forced to pay as much for the resource consents as for the build itself. And he's hoping Winston Peters won't get in the way of any RMA reforms that would reduce those costs. But he supports the New Zealand First Leader's claim that the government's gouging the regions and giving little back. From the Rodney area, I think it's $40 million a year that's taken off roading um, taxes and whatnot. Uh, is not used here, it's used elsewhere. And with the loading of the trucks and the depletion of the railways, the amount of transport on the road with heavy vehicles, our roads can't handle it, 
and the engineering is not up to the specs it needs to be. So that is one of the big problems. When you drive in the north, you just know that the roads just aren't up to scratch. They're, quite frankly, in some places, they're dangerous. And I think people who are fairly practical look at these things and say, hey, we're, we're not really, first of all, we're not being listened to, and second of all, that the money that's being taken away is not being put back. And, and making the likes of Auckland into a greater city has not actually improved a lot of two-thirds of its ratepayers. And the super city's a very sore point with the Wellsford voters. Although they're in the Northland electorate, they're governed by the Auckland Council. They want out, and they're hoping Winston Peters will help them escape. Brian Mason, a Wellsford dairy farmer, heads the Landowners and Contractors Protection Association, a group that's also keen on the government's proposed RMA reforms. But local resentment over the super city guaranteed a big protest vote for Mr Peters. There's a terrific groundswell in this area particularly because we felt completely disadvantaged and handicapped. We're politically orphaned here. We're the tail end of the Northern electorate, top tail end of, of Auckland Council, and we're in a bit of no-man's land really as far as political representation goes. We've had assistance from our neighbouring MP Mark Mitchell, However, Mark's not our MP. I think Winston can make a huge impact if he focuses on the people of this area and our need to get out of Auckland Council. That's been a major, major handicap for us here. We've had five years of the super city. Clearly the super city is not working for Northern Rodney. In the extremities, we're completely handicapped. We've got third world roads. We've got uh, compliance issues on us. We've got unitary plan zonings on us that are absolutely counterproductive and we just need help. We need to get out of the super city, in my opinion. This year, Wellsford property sales have begun to climb as Aucklanders flee the city, buy affordable homes and lifestyle blocks and become commuters. Houses are selling within days rather than weeks and that trend's set to accelerate as motorway extensions creep closer. But not everyone's happy with the government's plan, re-announced during the by-election, to extend the motorway to Wellsford. There's no room for four lanes through the middle of the thriving service town. Small locally owned shops line both sides of State Highway 1, and that means a bypass. At Woody's Winners, Wellsford's lotto shop, the owner, Karen Lennon, says her business depends on through traffic. But no one's consulted local retailers about the highway plans and what a bypass might do to their town and their livelihoods. My own business, um, we have a lot of passing traffic that, that stops and supports us. And the trucking community, uh, they find it very convenient. It's sort of halfway between Auckland and Whangarei. We've done a little bit of a survey and about 60% of our business is um, yeah, out, our, our regular out-of-towners. So, um, yeah, we just felt that we were fed up with everybody, with the, the government and it was Winston's promised us a bit of breath of fresh air and a bit of a, you know, someone that will speak up for us and um, I think that's probably why people have um, given him a go. The hope that Winston Peters will put Northland in the spotlight and the government on the spot also appears to be behind his win in Mangafai. The affluent little coastal community, where many residents are Auckland retirees, has always been a national stronghold. 
but has also been waging war with the government over the special bill sponsored by Mike Sabin that legalised rates charged unlawfully for the notoriously expensive Mangafai sewerage scheme. And to the dismay of the Mangafai Ratepayers Association, the government recently extended the term of the commissioners it installed to run the Kaipara Council after its debt fiasco. The Ratepayers Chair Bruce Rogan says Winston Peters' opponents in the campaign accused him of opportunism, claiming he was rarely seen in the North till the by-election. But he says Mr Peters is the only politician who's ever bothered to help the Mangafai group. He had come to Mangawai before, long before, and um, uh, he had spoken in the House on these issues very clearly, very, very definitely about the injustice of what had happened, the inappropriateness of the retrospective legislation, the fact that the Auditor-General had not been taken to task, the fact that the um, commissioners had done essentially nothing about um, getting redress from the parties who'd caused all this. So, no, it wasn't opportunistic at all. It was a continuation of a principal position that he'd taken a long time before. In fact, Mr Peters has long had a good nose for regional grievance. Over the years, he's often been the only politician to pop up at community meetings or protests, whether it's the Dusty Roads campaigners' rally at Pipiwai or the protest at the closure of the Dargaville Courthouse. But what he's going to be able to achieve for Northland as its electorate MP is the question. A leading Far North businessman, Ian Walker, says one thing Mr Peters can do, and is good at, is point out to the government the error of its ways. Mr Walker's created several businesses in Kaitaia, including a busy online store, shipping all sorts of consumer goods around the country. Like other small retailers, he's been hit by the government's recent decision to have work and income deal directly with Fisher and Paykel when beneficiaries borrow to buy whiteware. Mr Walker says that's the sort of issue never raised by Northland's former national MP, but it's tailor-made for Winston Peters. The government says they're going to save around $10 million. And, uh, you know, on the face of it, that sounds really good. You know, they're saving taxpayers' money. But the fact is they're taking millions out of the regional economies. There is uh, appliance retailers in, in rural towns that have lost half their turnover overnight with very little warning. It, it's ironic that these that Winds is looking to get um, regional people jobs while they're taking money out of the regions. It's an unintended consequence because they actually haven't thought of actually what the real benefit of the money going into the regions are. What they've done is transferred money going into the, investing into the regions to actually the funding going straight to Wellington. The by-election campaign manager Stephen Joyce says National's committed to working hard to win Northland back in 2017 and convincing regional New Zealand it's not forgotten. I think probably the bigger question is that the yeah, the national election in 2017 will be about national economic issues, but also how they play out in regional New Zealand. And just as we will have to, in other parts of the country, we will have to convince Northlanders not only as the country uh, doing well under national, but they're doing better as well, and addressing some of those um, long-standing issues which frankly have been there in Northland since I first started visiting as a student in 1981. So it's, uh, there's, there's lots of challenges, um, but we're all committed to working on them. But the government may have to do more next time than brandish GDP figures that don't tally with what Northlanders see around them. The Regional Council economist Daryl Jones says there's a reason for that discrepancy. 
Mr Joyce, with his claim of 7.8% growth, was quoting nominal GDP figures, which include price rises for goods and services. Gerald Jones says infometrics data used by local councils exclude price rises and show the true growth rate for Northland last year was 2.2%, below the national rate. As for the 7,500 new jobs, Mr Jones says that figure is derived from stats that show total hours worked and it's not a reliable indicator of full-time jobs. He says jobs in the region grew by just 0.8% in 2014 and it's the first time the number's gone up since the global financial crisis. So for example in, in the end of March 2009 there were about 66,600 people employed in Northland on a full-time equivalent basis. Today it's only 63,700. That's still about almost 3,000 less people employed today than there were in 2009. That's about a 4% lower level of employment. In contrast, the level of employment in, in New Zealand as a whole is about 1.7% higher than it was in, in 2009. Winston Peters says Northland's economy is in the doldrums because it hasn't had the investment it deserves in roads, rail, its port and its people. And he says that's the reason he decided to stand. I didn't have to stand. Nothing would have changed in terms of uh, carrying on being an MP and leading New Zealand first. But truly, and I said so at the time uh, that I announced my candidature, so much has gone wrong up here that I think things can be addressed, but you, need, you have to have someone with experience and commitment to do it. And I didn't think I should pass up that um, opportunity. Uh, whether people believe this or not, the fact is I thought that I could make a difference, and I still believe that, and uh, that the North desperately needed to have that difference made. The political commentator Colin James says the Northland by-election has delivered a result not uncommon in by-elections. It's a chance for people to show their disaffection without putting the government at risk. And Winston Peters, as the leader of a populist party, is well suited for that role. The vote for a populist party is often a vote against. It's against the elite, it's against them with a capital T, it's against the, the big city, uh, it's that sort of expression. It's not so much uh, for what the party stands for, it says it stands for, is against what the party says it's against. And Winston Peters is very good at saying what he's against. He also does have, by the way, uh, over the last couple of elections, uh, it developed quite a wide, the party has developed quite a wide manifesto. There is a lot of policy. Uh, but I think the essence is what Winston Peters stands against rather than what he stands for that really works. Colin James' analysis of polls since the Northland by-election shows no significant change in the government's popularity ratings across the rest of the country. But he says that's not something national should feel relaxed about. Well, I do think there is developing a feeling in places other than Auckland and Wellington that Auckland and Wellington are getting the goods, and they are. The feeling that needs, if it's going to be expressed politically, a vehicle and Winston Peters was a vehicle. And at the moment, I think you'd say there isn't really a vehicle nationwide. That's not to say that one won't emerge, that Winston Peters might be able to pump the New Zealand First Party up into one. The National Party would be unwise to think that uh, the Northern by-election means there isn't any uh, upset in the provinces and rural areas. I think there is. And that is where Winston Peters says New Zealand First is firmly focused and where it's been waving the flag for some time. This campaign wasn't just for Northland, it was for the provinces of this country 
who create the wealth, who keep this country's exports going, and yet they're all forgotten. We intend to be part of the next government, and we will not join any government that doesn't understand that. This condition up north will be shared by Gisborne, by the East Coast, and now by the Hawke's Bay, by the West Coast, and many parts of the South Island. The worst example, of course, is Southland. 3% of the population of New Zealand come from Southland, 18% of the exports. Where are they on incomes? Down the bottom. And this cannot be. So we are saying to the people in the provinces and the people up north, you might have voted national, but you better vote for your province and yourself this time. Uh, esteemed members of the tribunal and staff, uh, relations, <laughs> supporters. Of the 513 new voters who enrolled for the by-election, nearly a quarter were Māori, choosing to be on the general roll. And there are raised hopes that Mr Peters, whose whānau is Ngāti Wai, from north of Whangare, could help end the bitter dispute over the Ngāpuhi Treaty Settlement. A hapu lawyer, Gerald Sharrock, believes he could pull it off. He has serious and important connections within Māori in the north. Uh, he's well respected and he is capable of getting that political engagement in Wellington to make the Crown move from its current position on a singular settlement. We have a logjam. Winston is the kind of uh, personality that's capable of getting people and institutions to move and make progress. He wants progress, the two parties want progress, but at the moment they are each incapable of moving from their entrenched positions. What with settling the Ngāpuhi dispute, saving the provinces, sorting roads, rail and port, and challenging foreign land purchases in the north, 70-year-old Winston Peters has a busy two and a half years ahead of him. But he says he's up for it. And as Ian Walker and many others see it, he's already done the region a favour by turning on a spotlight that's been turned off for too long. Whether Winston actually achieves anything doesn't matter. It's really actually saying we're here and we need something to happen. I'm Lois Williams and that's Insight for this week. If you'd like to share any thoughts, you can send an email to insight at radionz.co.nz. Our Twitter handle is rnz underscore insight. I wrote and presented this programme. It was produced by Philippa Tolley with technical production by Dan Beban.